Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Guys, I'm excited uh, for today. We're gonna, we're teaching our values now. And uh, we, this is value number four. Next week is five, the following week is six. And uh, the last three weeks, I asked our lead team, part of our lead team that was involved in creating these values, I asked them to teach their passion. So my wife taught, then Pastor Ryan, then Pastor Joe. And guys, I was so fed by them. I was amazed at how they fed me. And I was so blessed by them. Can we give it up in Borman here in Warren? Can we thank them for the incredible job? Just so it was incredible. And one of the things that happens in me, like my wife, I expect her to do well because her and I have been around, right? But, but uh, when I hear Joe and I hear Ryan, and, and, and I just think, wow, God, they feed me. So it's, I'm not easy to feed spiritually. And I think, wow, I'm so excited about where believers is heading. I'm so excited about this next generation. And I'm so excited that I know as I wane off and, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm no longer the guy, God has us set up and I'm excited about that. So um, you have me now for the next five weeks because I'm going to finish this value today. And then number five to next week, number six, the week after. And then December 3rd, I'm doing a one-time message. I'm so excited about it. My notes are already done. And then December 10th, I'm doing a one-time message that I'm probably the most excited about. It is absolutely amazing. And December 17th is our Christmas service. So you might want to bring your kids. There might be someone special coming to visit on, on that week. And, and then it's Christmas Eve. Isn't that crazy? We're so close to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But today we're going to talk about uh, this next value. I title this message, We Leave It Better. And you'll see how that is part of the value we're going to talk about. But I thought, I'm going to share a Joe story. Uh, this one's unusual. It, it's over 50 years old. But what I want you to notice is how I still remember it like it was yesterday. I want you to think about that. And I want to talk about someone that left me better. And so if I were to take you back to St. Mary's Elementary School uh, when I was there in sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. Um, in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I was a B-plus, mostly A student in math, science, history, and geography. And I didn't even have to try. Anything I heard in math, science, I just got it. I remembered it. History, same thing. Geography, the same thing. And, and so, uh, but I was a D student at best in English and literature. And in sixth grade, D student. My parents, they grounded me constantly for that one grade. And I'd tell them I study, I tried, but they, I don't know that they believe me. And I think my sixth and seventh grade teachers, I think they gave me mercy D's just to get me up to the next grade. So then I'm in eighth grade and my first couple tests are F's and Miss Evich, that was my teacher. I still remember her to this day. And I, I still remember her married name. She was married halfway through our eighth grade year. Uh, she asked me to stay after one day after class. And I thought, oh, she's going to let me have it. Tell, ask me why I'm not studying all this. And so everybody's gone. And she says, Joe. And here's how she starts out. You are extremely intelligent. She says, I looked at all your other grades. You are extremely intelligent. And most people didn't know this back then. We know it today. Like she says, do you realize you, you operate out of one side of your brain and, and, and you're very weak on the other side? And she said, that other side is the grammar skills. Uh, and, and, and I said, no. I said, I just know I try and I do really bad. She said, that's why. She said, what I'd like to do. She says, every day, Monday through Friday, 
during recess, if you come here after lunch and, and miss your recess, I will tutor you every single day. And I, she said, I'll get your grade up. She said, you'll never be A because of your, the way you work, the way you're wired. But she said, I can get your grade up. And I would have normally said no because I loved recess, but I was tired of being grounded. Uh, so, so I told her, yes. I said, I'll come in. And, and some of you might wonder, how do you stand up here and how do you do what you do? Guys, when I accepted Christ, he put a teaching gift in me. It's supernatural. Believe me, it is not natural. And, and so I, I don't know any way to do it, but out of my, my teaching gift. And, and so that's how I teach. But, but by the end of the year, well, actually through the middle of the year, she had me up to a C plus, guys. And that was like, my parents were blown away. No more grounding. You think someone uh, wouldn't be excited about a C plus, but when you know I was Ds and Fs, uh, it's pretty exciting. And I think my parents eventually, a, a teacher's uh, parent, and I, I think she told my parents, hey, this guy's smart. Don't, don't get him wrong. He's trying. He just works out a different side of his brain. Let me ask you a question. And Boardman here in Warren, uh, TCI online. Did Miss Evich leave me better? She did. Didn't she leave me better? I still remember her name. I'm still thankful for her. She left me better. And that's what our big idea, our big idea, which I also made the value our big idea. This is our value, guys. We leave people and things better than we found them. And we felt this was a very important value. Remember, one of the things we did is we asked, who, who in the church do we look at and say, wow, I want to be like them? And one of the things we noticed about many people here at Believers, whatever they touch, they leave it better. They leave it better, whether things or people. And so we said, that's a biblical, that's so biblical, so let's make that one of our values. And so that's how we came up with this one. And uh, there's four subpoints under it, four subpoints. And I'm just going to call them the four pillars. And I believe you have to understand these subpoints in order to be able to leave people and things better than you find them. So here's the first subpoint: I value every person as someone made in God's image. I show them the ultimate respect and kindness, especially when it's most difficult. And so, guys, in order to leave people and things better than we find them, there's a couple of things we have to understand. No matter who the person is, we want to have ultimate respect and kindness. And I don't believe we can until we understand this. Every person is someone that's made in God's image. And this is so important. That would mean Christian and non-Christian. Do you know every person on the planet is made in God's image? That's really important. Uh, the people that are difficult for you to handle, they're made in God's image, right? The people on an opposite side of the political aisle, they're made in God's image. And one of the things I love about believers it really doesn't matter what side of the political aisle people are on. We all respect each other, right? And that's important. Um, but guys, I think in order to be able to love people and respect them at that level, we have to understand they're made in God's image. They're made in God's image. So take a look at the first book in the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter 1, first chapter, verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings or man and woman in our image to be like us. So I'll stop there just for a moment. This is the first time, and it's really early on. I mean, this, the, the, the Bible began in Genesis 1.1, so uh, 25 verses after that, God reveals the Trinity, right? And so who is God? Well, God is one God, but three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why he says, let us and in our image. And, and when I think about us being made in God, God's image, there's, 
more to it than this, but one of the main reasons we're made in God's image, God's image is because we're a three-part being. So every single one of you are made in the image of God. And it's broader than this, but one of the reasons, uh, guys, and one of the hows is that God made us a three-part being. So you are a spirit. You possess a soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in the body. So every single person on the planet is a spirit. Your spirit, according to the Bible, looks just like your body, has eyes and hands and feet. Um, it's the real you, it's inside of you. And then, of course, we have our mind, our will, and our emotions. So we're made in the image of God. And then he goes on to say this, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals scurry along the ground. Can I translate this for you? Here's what God said. We're going to give humans a brain and a conscience and a spirit. So that, as much as we should be kind to nature and all these animals, God, God put us up a notch above them, right? And that's all he's saying. And then he finishes out this way in, in verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And so all God's saying is this. When we rub shoulders with people in the lobby, here in the, the sanctuaries we're in, right? Um, when we're on our dream teams or when we're out in the world working our jobs in our neighborhoods, it doesn't matter who somebody is. They should be precious to us because they're made in God's image. And, and I, I, I don't know if Miss Evage knew this. Uh, she sure acted like she did, right? My eighth grade teacher, because... Um, you know, it was a Catholic school, but it's, it's like, why did she offer to give up her recess? Can you imagine that as a teacher, to give up her recess? She's with us bratty kids all day, and then she's giving up her recess to tutor one guy, one guy, uh, who's getting Ds and Fs in her class. So I really believe she saw me as somebody created in God's image also. But then here's what's really cool. Once you accept Jesus, you even go up a notch higher than that. Can, I, can we look at this? Galatians 3, verse 26. For you, referring to all Christians, are all sons of God or daughters of God or children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, which means placing faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so this isn't referring to water baptism. Water baptism symbolizes what this is referring to, and I don't want to take a whole lot of time. But did you know when you said, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior, whatever age, some of you grew up in church, so it's like you always knew him. But, but when, when that day came for me, you know what happened for so many of you like me? Um, that, that God says, the Bible says, God took my spirit and he caused it to be reborn, and I was baptized into Jesus' death his burial, and his resurrection. I've become one with him. Every one of you became one with him. And that's why the Bible says we are children of God. So I'll tell you another Joe story to help you see how God made this real to me. Um, uh, this goes back over three decades, so I don't want you to think I'm this way now. But uh, it was after we had our four children. So we had Joe and Dave, and then we had Michelle and Indiana. So two boys, two girls. And once I had my girls, something happened. And all the dads in here that have had girls, you know what I mean. All of a sudden, I felt like I have to protect this person. My boys, I prayed for the women they would marry, like God protect those women, um, you know, because I knew how I was. And uh, so, but my daughters, it's like I felt this 
need to protect them. And I, I don't know if all of you are like me, but uh, when my daughters were first born, I said, they will get married when they're 40. You know? And then as they got older, I came down to 35, 30, 25. I never went past 25, although uh, they, they were married before that. But, but, but uh, it was like that, that was just really important uh, to me because I felt this protection. So all that being said, that's where I'm at. Gina and I had a knockout fight. It was one of those knockout fights. And I just lit into her uh, at the end and slammed the door. And then I went to bed. We never finished it. And then I woke up in the morning because I am so spiritual. I did my devotions. And uh, can you imagine? Yeah, I did my devotion. And I was reading, I don't know if it was this scripture or another one, but it just, it just hit me. As I read it, it's like God opened up my eyes, right? And I saw it and I went like this, oh no. Gina's God's daughter. And it just hit me like, you cannot believe, guys. And I, first thing I did is I said, Father, I repent for how I treated your daughter last night. And then I went and repented to Gina. It doesn't mean we won't argue and have to settle differences, but it's how I treated her that was wrong, right? And, and, and so uh, from that moment on, I began to look at everybody like, oh my gosh, that guy is a son of God. If they're Christians, right? They're a son of God. That girl is a son of God. And it changes everything, everything. Yeah, it just changes everything because that's one of God's kids. And, and I really believe we have to realize everybody's made in this image. And then for Christians, oh my goodness, that's one of God's kids. And if we understand that, I believe we'll begin to look at everybody, the people in the lobby, everybody we rub shoulders with at work, wherever it's at, in our homes, our relatives. They are precious because they're made in God's image. And it helps us want to leave them better and their things better than we found them. Here's the second uh, uh, sub-value, right? Pillar, I call them. I will glorify God and honor people while striving for excellence. I will constantly ask myself, is this my best? And guys, excellence is so, so important. It's so important. And uh, I have always been a detailed person. It's not because I'm spiritual but I'm super detailed. If you were to walk into my office, you will never see one. Th it doesn't matter when you walk in. Everything is in place. If you open my closet door at home, my office, everything's in place. At home, I have all my clothes color-coded and hanging. Just ev everything's perfect, right? And it's just, that's how I am. Not because I'm spiritual. That's how I was born. So consequently, in the early days, I really struggled with creative people, right? I, I really struggled with creatives. And so... Uh, I didn't know what to do with creative people. And, and so there would be this conflict. And, and I remember we had an employee here years ago, and it's before we had an HR department. He was super creative. He was one, he just was incredibly gifted with video, right? Now he works for a really big company somewhere out of state. Um, but back then, he, he never worked his hours. He was always, never put in his 40 hours. And they, they wanted to fire him. And I said, let me talk to him. And, and uh, again, we didn't have HR at the time. So I sat him down and I said, why, why can't you just work 40 hours? I mean, what's wrong? And, and here's what he told me. He said, well, he says, I'm creative and I can't do it till I get it. He says, usually I get it at one or two in the morning and I'm not allowed in the building. So he says, uh, I just need to create when I get it. So now we didn't have HR. And I, so I said to him, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a key and a 
an alarm code, you come in at three in the morning. If you get it, you come in and you clock that clock. So you get your 40 hours in. And you know, we, we worked it out perfectly with him. But it, it was the first time in my life that I realized oh, we're different, right? We're different. And we need to know that. So when we were preparing this, uh, the team came up with a, with a term. It's, a, it's an amazing term. It goes like this. We call it flexilence. Striving for a culture of excellence while being flexible, kind, willing to mold or adjust with people of different giftings. And so it's just us respecting whoever the different giftings are and just respecting them and realize and some people are different than us. Because I realize, I realize this, there are a lot of creative people that look at me and have trouble with me because I'm so detailed, right? Uh, do you ever notice we start service on time constantly? You know, it, 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 there's the clock. It's like, you start on time, right? And, and Borman, they start on time too. They just start five minutes later than us because uh, we're simulcasting. So we got to make sure uh, I'm up here talking before their worship is finished. So uh, that's why we start Borman. But it's always on time. There's a countdown clock. Why? I think excellence is important. Why is our landscaping so beautiful here at Believers? Why do we make sure our bathrooms are clean? Why do we make sure every ministry is, is at the highest excellence? Guys, because we realize it's going to impact people. People are impacted by it. And it might turn someone off that doesn't know Christ, right? And, and, and that's why I want to share this verse with you. And I want us all to live in this life. If we're going to leave people and, and things better, we have to understand this concept. And it goes like this, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so food was an issue then because of uh, meat offered to idols. But I like the fact he said whatever. So this is every part of our life. So he says, everything we do should, should bring glory to God, right? And Ryan used this in a magnificent way in his message. But I want to just emphasize it from a different side. And I like the next verse, verse 32. Here, here's one way we can bring glory to God. He says, give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. And, and, and I might as well read it all, and then I might come back to this. Just as I also please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And so Paul says, I, I, I'm going to live my life in such a way, flexilence, but I want to have excellence in the highest level because I don't want to turn anyone off to God by how I live my life, right? And he talks about offending people. But here's what's really amazing. God divides humanity into three categories. Did you, did you catch that? The Jew, uh, the, the Greeks, and the church of God. So let me explain them all to you. Why, why does God only see three categories? Um, he doesn't see ethnicity like we do, and nothing's wrong with that. I love experiencing everybody's culture, everybody's food. But he doesn't, he looks at just three categories. So the first category is the Jews. Why, why does he put them in a category? Well, it began with Abraham way back in Bible days, and he was the first Jew, and God made an everlasting covenant with him, and, and he's still in covenant with the Jews, right? And so they get a whole category because the Bible says that one of God's promises to them is Jesus would return someday and he would rule from Jerusalem from the throne of David. That's so so God keeps them separate. And and then the Greeks back in Bible days, everybody spoke Greek, right? They spoke Koine Greek. And so when he says Greeks, he means the non-Jews. That's all it means, not just Greek people. Aren't you glad that he didn't exclude all of us, right? Um, so it's just everybody that's not Jewish. And then he says the church. Well, who's the church? 
It's anybody that's Jewish, anybody that's non-Jewish, the Greeks, that accept Christ. And that's how God looks at categories. So we want to look at categories that right way, right? So whether we're rubbing shoulders with neighbors that are Jewish, or we're rubbing shoulders with non-Christians, or we're rubbing shoulders in the church or outside the church with Christians, here's what he's trying to say. Live your life in such a way, in such excellence, right, that you don't offend anybody. You can't leave someone better than you found them unless you uh, live your life saying, I don't want to offend this person. So what does that mean? Does it mean we compromise? No. We live in a day and age where if I teach the Bible truthfully, which I do, I will offend people with the word of God. That's not what he's talking about. He's just talking about my lifestyle. And he's saying, Joe, every one of them are made in God's image. I want you to live your life in such a way as you value them and you do everything in your power not to offend them. So that's, that's our second pillar. Here's number three. And uh, it goes like this. I recognize that my level of preparation and timeliness does, not, uh, does affect other people. I continually be, build habits and help the team win. Preparation just means you prepare. You know, if you're on the worship team and, and you have singing parts and, and, and uh, you play music, music uh, you're going to get parts if you're singing that week. And so that just means you learn your parts before Thursday night practice, right? Singing, playing. Uh, if you're in children's ministry, you prepare. You make sure you're prepared uh, for that before you come in. It's just preparation. And then timeliness is important too because you just want to be on time, right? Because if you're not, you can offend people. And I got to thinking about this. When, when was it that I became aware of, of this thing called timeliness? And it was in Bible school. Can you, can you imagine that? Uh, over 40 years ago. But one of our instructors also was high up in leadership of the Bible school, and he's totally different now. But back then, uh, our first-year class had 1,100 Bible school students in it, and they got us all together uh, for, for his class. And every single day of the year, he was at least five minutes late, usually 10 minutes late. And he always was winging it. He never prepared his messages. And I was just a Bible school student, but I could tell he's winging it, you know? And, and so here's why I share this story. 1,100 of us, right? And if it was just me, we could blame the fact that if I take the gift quest test, my mercy is three out of 100. Uh, so I don't have a high mercy gift, but I'm very merciful because God's love has filled that gap with me, right? But back then I wasn't. But, but what's crazy is the people with high mercy gifts, all 1,100 of us students complained. We all murmured and gossiped. Like the five minutes, 10 minutes we were waiting, we all said, here he is, late again. Can you believe he's late again? I can't believe he's late again. And, and then if he wasn't prepared, because he made, he made us go over 10 minutes because he was late 10 minutes. And I'm like, he's not respecting my time. And it just, it upset all of us. So that formed me. And I thought, you know what? I'm seeing how he's affecting every student out of 1,100 students. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be a person that's on time. And you know what happens when we're on time and we prepare? Uh, it, it also allows God to bless us at the highest level. Listen to Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of those who do their best, and the, the actual Hebrew says are diligent. So it's referring to being prepared, being on time, the whole, the whole deal will rule. We'll talk about what it means to rule. But the lazy hand will be, uh, will be made to work. And lazy doesn't just mean you sit and watch TV all day. It just means you're not prepared and you're not timely. And it just says, and all God's saying is this, wherever you're at, wherever you work, if you're prepared and you're timely, 
Guys, they're going to promote you. That's what it means to rule. They're going to they're want to keep promoting you and taking you to the top. And I can tell you wherever I've been because I followed this rule, they wanted to make me take me higher and higher, no matter where I go. And I see that with people everywhere. It's just God's able to uh, take us to the top. Why? Well, because we're leaving people and things better. That's one of the things we're doing. Here's number four. I have to say it, it may be my favorite. Although number one was too, uh, the image of God. But listen to this. Every person has gifts and gaps. I will speak to the gifts and help them close the gaps. And isn't this true about everybody, right? So again, another story. Um, When we began to have children, I don't know if you were like me, but uh, of course, children are imperfect, right? And they they need to be coached. But when we began to have our children, um, I saw gifts in them. And like so many of you, I thought, I thought they, they could be president. And, you know, I thought Joe was going to play in the NBA and Dave. I thought they're going to play in the NBA. They were really good at basketball. And, and then one day I realized, oh, no, uh, they're not tall enough. And, uh, but I'll never forget Joe. One day he looked at me. Uh, he was playing basketball, you know, and he looked at me and said, Dad, why did you marry such a short woman? And, and I said, well, Joe, let me tell you something. It's not just mom's fault. I'm pretty short too. I, I said, I wasn't thinking about creating NBA uh, players, you know, at that time in my life. But what I, what I mean by this is I saw all these gifts in my kids. They were just super gifted. And for you parents that have young, uh, young children, one of the things I did is I'd walk in their rooms up until high school. I'd walk in their rooms uh, when they were sleeping and, and I, would, I would pray over them. And one of the prayers I'd pray while they were sleeping, I almost did it every night, um, I would, I would pray, God, whatever you wrote in your book before they were born, because God calls us and writes everything he wants us to do in his kingdom down in the book in heaven. I said, uh, Lord, would you put that in their heart and let it burn in their heart that they would want to do those things? And parents, just pray that way for God. You don't have to know what it is. But then whatever gifts they had, I began to speak to them and I overlooked their gaps. And then God opened up my eyes and said, you can do the same thing for every person you know, everybody at Believers, look for their gifts, speak to their gifts. And then if you're in supervision, then you coach their gaps, right? That's all the Bible's saying. So I I looked at this and I thought, yeah, if we want to leave people and things better than we found them, we have to see the gifts inside people. And then I thought about, how do I end this lesson? I'm doing my notes, I don't know, two months ago, and and I'm doing these notes and I'm thinking, how do I I end this? What, What do I do to end it? And here's what came to me. And this is for all of us, right? I know there are people listening to me right now. Some of you feel so insignificant. And I want to say to you, you're called of God and you're gifted. The Bible says we're all called of God. And with the call, that means what he's created us to do. There's a general call, but all of us have a specific call. With the call, guys, comes gifts. And we're all gifted by God, right? And so uh, I began to see that in people. And I look at people here at Believers. And if I, if I supervise, I can coach them up. If I don't supervise, I can't coach them up. But I can speak to their gifts. And so some of you think God would never gift me, but he has gifted you. And some of you think uh, I accepted Christ too late. There can't be anything he gifted me with. There's nothing he would want me to do. Some of you have walked away from God and you're far from God. And maybe you recently came back and you think, I blew it. God probably took my gift and call away. He probably gave it to another person. And I just want to say to you, that's not true. And I want to show you something about God. And uh, it's, it's, it, we'll look at it in a moment. It's in Romans chapter 11. But I want you to see it, guys. 
It's so beautiful. And it's with Israel. So uh, God had Paul write the book of Romans, but God told him what to write. And the church had done something we should never do with Israel. And here's what they did. They felt because they rejected the Messiah uh, and they wouldn't receive Jesus, that God was finished with them. And God replaced the Jewish people with the church. They call that today replacement theology. There's some, still some Christians that unfortunately believe that. And so they had the attitude, God's done with them. So he's writing the book of, of, of Romans. And he says in the book of Romans, he says, blindness has come on them for now. Uh, until the fullness of the Gentiles, the non-Jews that are to accept Christ, come in. And God's going to put his, his eyes back on them. But he went on to say, they have a covenant with God, a purpose, and a calling. And it's the same for us. So what, what's true for them is true for us because we have a covenant with God, right? And so then he wrote this. I think it's so beautiful. Romans eleven twenty nine, For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That means can't be reversed, can't be taken away. And guys, that's true of Israel, but guess what? Because that's the context. It's true with us. And whatever God's called you and gifted you to do over in Borman, guys at TCI, um, listening online here in Warren, a TV audience, whatever God's created you to do, he will never take it away. Your gifts and your callings they are irrevocable. And so they're still on you. And if you've walked away or you come in late, whatever it is, whatever reason you think you're insignificant, you're not insignificant. God's gifted you and God's called you and he'll never take that away from you. So I want you to walk out of this service today saying to yourself, I am the called and the gifted of God and God has gifted me. And I may, may come out different in every stage of life, but I'm called and I'm gifted of God. You're called and you're gifted of God. And I don't know about you, but I get excited when I think about every person on the planet, every Christian that has accepted Christ is called and gifted. Are you excited that you're called and gifted? And if you are in Borman, here in Warren, online in the chat rooms, can we say thank you, Jesus? Can we give it up? We're the called and the gifted of God. I am so excited about that. Some of you, God's going to begin to deal with you. You're like, oh, really? Well, God, show me what it is. He's going to begin to show you what your gifting and your calling is and how to use it in the body of Christ, right? And I am really excited about that. So guys, here at Believers, one of our core values is we leave people and things better than we found them. And when we understand they're made in the image of God, and we understand, guys, uh, that they're gifted and they're called, then we can leave. We'll be able to fulfill this value. So I think we need a time of prayer for all of us that heard this message. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Can we pray? Here, here's what we're going to pray. I just want you to agree with this prayer. Father, whatever my gifting, my calling is, and so many of you know it, but would you make it more real than ever? And if there's any part of it I, I just haven't connected with yet, would you open up my eyes to my calling, to my purpose? Help me to see why I was created and what you've gifted me and called me to do. Whisper that out to God, man. Whisper. And then, Lord, would you help us begin to look at people especially as we rub shoulders here at Believers in Church, people in the lobbies, people we're working with on the dream teams. Would you help us to see they're gifted and they're called? Help us see their gifts so we can speak to them, Lord, and take them to the next level. We thank you for that, Lord. And help us be a gap closer, Lord. Help us uh, 
uh, learn how to just help people get to the next level. We, we thank you for that. So whisper those prayers if, if you feel you need to. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening today and you're not sure if you're forever. And, you know, every message I somehow talk about Jesus and he died for us. Uh, you know, that's just good to drop in every message. You know, only God can open up your eyes to Jesus. I can't. I can tell you about him, but he, he's the one that opens our eyes. And I, I really believe every weekend there's someone in service that for the first time they see Jesus is the way and I need to accept him as my Savior. If you're listening and that's you, I would like to pray with you right now. Because the Bible says that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, that he was buried and God raised him up and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Only God can open your eyes up, but I believe some of you are that. So I want to ask you, from your heart, would you pray that after me? And then I want to ask the rest of us in Borman here in Warren, TCI online, can we help them pray for the first time? This is really exciting. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And would you just repeat this out of, out after me, but mean it? Father God, I realized that I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, this day, I accept you as my savior. I call you Lord. I believe you're the son of God who died for my sins. And I make a decision today to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.